Hey everyone, Becky from The Shift Team here, and we're back with a brand new series to celebrate the symposium launch, a virtual gymnastics educational event hosted by Shift, June 10th to June 12th. Introducing the Shift Symposium's guest speakers, Brett Wago. This week's mini podcast episode is another of the 2022 Shift Symposium's guest speakers, Brett Wago, from Ascend Gymnastics in Seattle. Brett will be presenting on day two of this symposium, discussing everything you need to know about bar releases. We call it a technical ceiling. Okay. Um, and the concept behind that is, is that this technical ceiling kind of sets the maximum skill level that you're going to be able to create um, w- with a certain level of technique that has been taught. Right. And so, um, you know, every kid walks into the gym and their potential is at a hundred percent, right. You know, that whatever, whatever their individual potential is, you know, you're sitting there and you're maxing out at a hundred percent. And then everything that we teach them throughout the years um, affects that ability to then maximize that percentage. Um, and so, uh, you know, like if, if, if we have this kid and we teach this beautiful, technically excellent handstand, you know, and then we teach this beautifully, excellent, excellent technical uh, cartwheel round off, um, we, we teach a really solid back handspring, you know, the, this kid then has a nice base to move forward on um, and to build off of for your double backs, your double fulls, your two and a half triples, your, you know, your full ends, whatever it is, right? Um, but if we get that kid in and, you know, and we don't teach them very good uh, technical foundation, um, you know, ev- every mistake that we allow them to learn throughout the years and we continue to build on those mistakes and that shaky foundation, um, basically it takes that technical ceiling and it drops it just a little bit, yep. you know, and every, every mistake that we teach them and every, every uh, bad habit that we ingrain in them, it continues to drop that, that technical ceiling. Um, which basically, you know, it, it, it doesn't, it, that, that's their new max, right? Um, mm-hmm. That's, that's their new maximum level that that kid can reach. And it's, um, you know, the, there's the, the, the famous saying of, if you don't have time to teach it right, when will you have time to teach it? Again? And so if we don't take the time in the beginning um, phases to, to teach things really well and really technically, then we end up with this lower technical ceiling um, you know, and, and the kids pay the price, unfortunately. And we do too, as coaches, um, you know, because we have to go through the same frustrations, but you know, um, when it comes to us coaches, you know, there's another kid next door, uh, you know, and there's another kid that comes into the gym and there's, and, and we keep having these opportunities to like restart, you know, yeah. and like, oh, well I'll do it better next time. And that's great. You know, that's great. Continue to get better and do better next time. But like, we just mess that kid up. Right. Mm-hmm. And we just, we just, we just dropped her ceiling or his ceiling. Um, you know, and I think maybe that's the big, biggest thing in the responsibility that we share um, is, is that if, if we let them, you know, if, if we, if we, if we continually drop that ceiling, you know, and it's not intentional, I'm not saying it's intentional, but um, you know, uh, we, we set the kid up for unfortunate, you know, frustration and failure. And, and, and that's a big responsibility. I think that's, I think that's number one is, is try to find, try to find someone that, that can help you through the process. Um, you know, whether it's locally or it's um, far away or it's, uh, you know, somebody you can FaceTime with or somebody you can just call every once in a while or wh- whatever it happens to be. Um, 
you know, if it's a subscription service, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's some really great options out there. Uh, you know, there's there's a whole bunch of things on, you know, Instagram that you can follow for free. Addison yeah. Gymnastics is a great, great place to find some <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> um, But, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, and, and then the next phase of that is, is just because you see a drill and you think it's good, it doesn't mean it fits in with what your athletes need right now. You right. know, and so it, it's kind of hard to keep those all backlogged and kind of in their space and whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I guess the biggest thing is, is the more you understand with a technical focus, mm. what it takes to do certain things and the progressional steps and the the quality technique overall that you're trying to achieve, um, you have a better chance of then figuring out what individual drills you want to use right and so you don't need 30 you know uh you do three or four drills for certain things and and most kids are going to kind of get the idea with those three or four and you're going to be able to verbally talk them through and maybe adjust some things you're going to get some pretty good product from it and then there's a couple kids that you find you know hey these three or four drills are just not working so now i have to get creative and so you take yeah. a step back and you you look at <clears throat> okay, my 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 little drill circuit's not hitting this kid. She doesn't get it. So mm. so what do I do next? You know, I either call somebody up and ask them a question. Um, you know, uh, you you go and you you look for drills specific to that problem, or you just get creative yourself and you you know you you sit back for a minute. You know, you quiet quiet your brain down instead of thinking how frustrated you are that the kid can't get it. You get curious and you go, okay, well. Um, She's having trouble pushing off of her second hand. Um, okay, so what do I need to do for that? You know, what drill can I do? I can put her against a wall and push off the second hand. I mean, whatever it is, right? Um, you know, and that that's kind of a, a benign example. But like, um, you know, uh, just attack it from the idea of, you know, you want to try to solve a problem. You don't just want to 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 throw drills in the mix and just hope that it naturally solves, right? is if you move kids too fast and they get frustrated because of inconsistency or they get frustrated because of constant injury or they get frustrated because they can never please you but we set them up for failure they can't please us because we didn't teach them good enough fundamental basics to be mm -hmm. able to please us you know how can everybody be happy in that situation and when you're not happy you're not as motivated it's just that's that's the way of the world right i mean mm -hmm. we 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 put the most of ourselves into things we enjoy right. and so we have to try to create some sort of enjoyment in what they're doing and 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 you can't all you can't do that you know if we fail along the way um yeah. you know tech technically or or whatever else and then and then i guess the last point i'll make on on that side of things um you know is kids generally um they find important what you find important. And so if we make certain things really important in our gym and we focus on those and we, um, we celebrate them and we compliment and, you know, and, and we do all these things uh, to reinforce certain behaviors, then those behaviors become stronger because that's what, that's what we're rewarding. And right. so if we reward a, a perfect handstand shape more than we reward doing a back tuck, right? 
then those kids buy into the perfect handstand shape and mm -hmm. they buy into the strength circuit. Um, you know, and sometimes, you know, sometimes to get a strength circuit working, you know, for, for a group that's maybe not strong, um, you know, and I just did this recently is, uh, you know, a, a group of kids, that's a little bit weaker, you know, throwing some extra conditioning at them. They don't enjoy it and they don't love it, but then they figure out a, a month and a half, two months down the line, then all of a sudden their skills are getting a little bit easier. Right. And then you, and then you keep coming back to that and you go, I know you guys don't love that. I know that's not your favorite thing to do, but do you see the value? Do you see the rewards you're getting? Right? So we have to double down on this. We have to commit to this and we have to keep going on this because it is currently working. You yeah. know, all of a sudden the legs are getting straighter on casts and all of a sudden you're making a few more handstands and all of a sudden you're getting off the floor a little bit more. And so, um, it's challenging because it takes time and it's not the most enjoyable, but again, if we celebrate those successes, you know, and we go crazy over the 10 leg lifts, like, Oh my God, you did 10 leg lifts. That's amazing. <laughs> like they get excited about doing 10 leg lifts. Right. And it's, and so, and that, you know, and that's kind of the whole thing about, you know, don't use conditioning as punishment and doing those things because you make it into a negative. It's not a negative. It's a chance to get stronger and a chance right. to get stronger is a chance to be more successful so, over time. You know, right. I don't want to sit here and, and say like, you know, oh man, like I'm doing it all right. I'm not doing it all right. I, yeah. you know, I, I, and, and there's a lot of failures that go into it. Um, you know, and so it's just think about it. Right. And, and really, really go through the process when those failures happen, like wh where, where did they go wrong? Why did they go wrong? You know, what was the decision that changed and flipped in your head when you, when you were trying to do this and you didn't right. Mm. Um, you know, and, and then, and then maybe there's the, the self-reflection points that you can set up for yourself too in, um, you know, if you feel yourself start going down the wrong road, you know, and you feel yourself start to get that frustration mode, you know, taking a step and, uh, you know, step back and practicing that pause for a second and really thinking through the, the issue and like, what am I frustrated about? And mm -hmm. like most often, I find that like it's less frustration with the athletes and it's more frustration with yourself. Right. And it's frustration that like the athletes aren't hitting because you didn't do something right. And so like, if we then take it out on them, when we are, when we knowingly know, like we, we did something wrong in that process, they're not ready. Right. And so that's us, that's our problem. And so, I mean, so, so we got to keep it in it to ourselves. You know, and we've yeah. got to we got to work through the process ourselves, and we need to not try to sling them along into it. About teaching um, those things really strong at the beginning, and the concept of if you don't have time to teach it right the first time, when will you have time to teach it again? And so, like, there's some of that where, like, you know, you're rushing, you're rushing, you're rushing, you're trying to teach all these things to the younger kids because the earlier they can get there, the more time they have to mature at them. And that may or may not be true. And that might work for some kids, but there's a lot of kids where um, they mature into their bad habits, you know, and their bad habits get, get mature, right. Rather than like getting a higher skill level out of it. And so like going a little bit slower in the process and, um, and, you know, teaching those uh, taking more time um, is not such a bad thing. Right. Uh, and you from a medical side, uh, can, can speak to this probably more than I can, but, um, I, I guess, uh, and I've, I've used this example a few times before in my conversations, but like, um, let's talk about a car, right? Um, if I buy a brand new car, 
I would drive down to Mexico and back five times and I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about my car. I wouldn't worry about my mileage. I wouldn't worry about it at all. Right. But when I got 200,000 on the, on the odometer, I'm not, I don't even want to drive to the, to the grocery store anymore. You know what I mean? Cause I'm not even sure if I'm going to get back. (laughs) And so like when I get to 200,000, I could buy a new car. But when I get when I get that mileage accumulated on an athlete, mm. I I cannot buy another one, right? Yep. Uh, that yep. you can't buy another body, you can't buy another physical form, and mm. so I guess that's I guess that's the point of the conversation, right? Is yeah. how do we not put how do we not put two hundred thousand miles on before we need to make our road trip, right? Yeah. And and how do we how do we limit the mileage a little bit through the process? So that, you know, so that we feel comfortable and, and that athlete still has the tools left physically to achieve those goals. Right. Some days they just don't have it, you know, whatever it is. They didn't sleep well. They didn't, they, you know, they didn't get the, the nutrients in their food that they normally get. They didn't, they're a little more stressed because of school or whatever it is. Like maybe they just don't have it one day. And that's where, and this is kind of the the point I was going to make before, and kind of got sidetracked in my head from was um, is the concept of like uh, athlete versus program, right? And like, is the program more important than the athlete, or is the athlete more important than the program, right? And like, trying to find the balance between the two. Mm. The pr- the program is important, right? The way we do things is important. There's a cultural expectation, like that is, you know, that that can be productive and positive, right? But then the athlete needs to, um, you know, the athlete needs to be just as important in that in that equation. Um, you know, we can't we can't say that, you know, uh, the the assignment is ten. Mm. Get it done. The assignment ten, right? Like on a kid that doesn't have it that day physically they can't they it's it's not working it's not a good idea or they have a little bit of a sore foot it's not bad enough that they're like i want to stop but it's bad enough that maybe two is a better idea or three is a better idea right yeah or maybe let's i know it says hard side today you know i know it says hard routine but why don't we why don't we resi land this one right and like that might not be what the program says for that day but it might be it might be the choice that helps along that athlete's season career. I think that when we change the system that we operate under, it gives us an opportunity to um, to influence culture and influence some decision making within the process a little bit more, right? And so, you know, the CEO of the of the of the, the USA Gymnastics is never going to walk into the gym and you know monitor my coaching, right? And and unfor- so. So we need a system in place that helps order those decisions a little bit better. The idea behind it is, uh, you know, for JO Nationals is currently what we have right now is a system where you must be an all-arounder to compete at JO Nationals. And that's the 99% of athletes, right? Uh, that's not the smaller percentage, that's the larger percentage. And so, um, you know, the concept is, is we're going to try to get uh, individual event qualification standard um allowed into geo nationals right and so i say it that way because i want it to be individual event qualification it's not specialization it doesn't require you to specialize right it just allows for that path if you if you want it or need it 
Um, but you could be an all arounder who is, you know, you're like popcorn on the beam, you know, um, you know, and you're flying all over the place, but then you're a phenomenal bar worker, right? Um, the quality of your beam necessarily does not dictate the quality of your bars, right? Like, um, and so for those two things to be judged exactly the same, um, you know, kind of, uh, I guess, um, I don't know, it doesn't feel completely correct to me. Um, when you're looking at a routine, you don't have to look at an all around to appreciate uh, one specific amazing event, right? You know, learning how to um, appreciate the quality of gymnastics rather than simply the quantity of gymnastics that's being performed. Hopefully you enjoyed this mini podcast episode. Tickets and full information can be found online at www shiftmovementscience.com forward slash 2022 shift symposium. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to that episode. I hope that you really enjoyed it and got a lot of value out of it. I just want to let you know before we sign off here that a couple things we'd love for you to do. So one is please just make sure that you rate and review the podcast on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher, wherever you're listening, because that really does help the episode grow quite a bit. And then second, if you really enjoyed this episode, we would love if you left us a review as well and told us what you liked about it. You know, what information was useful, what things were not useful, would you like to know more about, what guests you want to have on in the future. And then also as you kind of go about your day, if you found something really useful, just toss it up on social media. We love to hear from people on Instagram or Twitter or, you know, all the different websites that they're using for social media. Facebook is great too. But yeah, let us know what you like, because honestly, the podcast comes from people who just tell us what they're finding useful. And that's how we create the next set of content. So yeah, tag us in the podcast or tag us online, whatever you're doing it and uh, let us know what you think. Thanks.